Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24 that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and look at John chapter 9. If you look, uh, there are 41 verses in this chapter. I cannot go over all 41 verses in one sermon. We're going to kind of touch on the highlights. I trust that you are familiar with the story of John chapter 9. If you look at the very first verse, Jesus is with his disciples. And they come across a man who was blind. And the man had been blind his entire life. He'd been blind since the day he was born. And his disciples, in verse 2, they turn to Jesus and they say, Rabbi, we have a question. This man is blind. Who is it that sinned? Was it this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus, in verse 3, says, neither. Everybody say, neither. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Now, I have five valuable lessons for all of us here today. Number one, write this down. Not all pain is due to sin. Now, a lot of pain is due to sin, but not all pain is due to sin. Many times in our lives, we make bad decisions or we make bad choices. And any time anybody makes a bad choice or a bad decision, you end up suffering the consequences of that bad decision. Whenever we're suffering for whatever reason, normally, it doesn't matter why it happened, but when we're suffering, the very first thing we do is we turn to God and we start asking God questions like, why me? Why God? Why now? Why am I the one that's suffering? And usually, not all the time, but usually your suffering is a result of some sin you've committed or some sin someone else has committed. If I had the time, which I don't, I could prove to you that anytime you sin, anytime we uh, make a decision to break one of God's commandments, doesn't matter what the commandment is, but you make that choice, you're going to suffer some type of consequences. However, having said that, not all suffering is uh, related to sin. In New Testament times, there was a belief that if someone was blind, if someone was lame, if someone had leprosy or some other type of a sickness or illness, they believed that it was a direct punishment tied due to some distinct sin in their life. 
So one day Jesus is with his disciples and they come across this man that had been blind his entire life and they turn to Jesus and they say, Jesus, who was it that caused this man's blindness? Was it his sin or his parents? And again in verse 3, Jesus says, neither it happened that God might be glorified through his life. In other words, it's possible that your suffering has nothing to do with anyone's sins, but it's happening that you might draw closer to God, that you might see God work mightily in your situation, that He, God, would in turn be glorified by your dependence upon Him. Our suffering is a vehicle that deepens our faith and leads us to a greater dependence upon God, and therefore God is glorified. Amen. C.S. Lewis wrote these words, pain, you can't ignore it, it insists upon being attended to. He said that God, you know, he kind of whispers to us when things are good and our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is God's megaphone to rouse a sleeping world. Oh, there's a lot of suffering going on in our lives right now. And usually, if you're paying attention, everyone is blaming someone else. Uh, You hardly ever blame yourself. But uh, we blame our past. We blame others. We blame our ancestors. We blame the flesh. We blame our enemies. But in the case of this blind man here in John chapter 9, Jesus says, no one is at fault. No one is at fault. But it's happened so that God could be glorified. And if God is glorified, if that is the net result, no matter what happens to you, then we should be able to say, no one wants to say it, but if God is glorified, we should be able to say, then my suffering is actually a good thing. Even though no one wants to say that, it's true if God is glorified. Amen. Number two, write this down. People need, they need more than just light. They need sight. More than just light, they need sight. And I want to read to you verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. Are you with me? As long as it is day, we, and Jesus is talking, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one will be able to work. Notice what he says in verse 5. Jesus says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Who is the light of the world? Who is the light of the world? Jesus. Jesus. And then having said this in verse 6, He spit on the ground, and we're going to go through this. He spit on the ground. He made some mud with the saliva, and he put it on the man's eyes. And then he said in verse 7, I want you to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. And so the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now here was the man. We're going to call him blind as a bat Brian. Okay? I apologize if your name is Brian, and I apologize if you're a bat, but we're going to call this guy blind as a bat Brian. Now, bats 
are not blind, just so you know, don't send me letters. I know that bats are not blind. It's just a phrase that we use to explain that somebody can't see very well. But we're going to call this guy blind as a bat Brian. I want you to note that blind as a bat Brian is literally standing right next to the light of the entire world. Jesus is the light of the world. He's brighter than the sun. One day when you go to heaven, the Bible says there'll be no more night because the light that is there, that light is forever. So you have the the one person who is literally the light of the world standing right next to blind as a bat Brian and Brian cannot see. And he's just a few feet away from the light of the world. Most of you have loved ones who are lost and you'd like to see them saved. Well, pay attention. There can be no, no sight. There's no such thing as sight without light. But there can be light without sight. I'll explain. If I could turn off every light in this uh, auditorium, including the exit lights and the baptistry lights, and turn off every phone where there was literally no light of any kind in this room, and it became pitch black, even though you're here, and some of you have 20-20 vision, and you can look around and see, if I turned every light off in this room and it was pitch dark, no one could see a single thing. Because there's no such thing as sight without light. Are you with me? Likewise, I could take someone who was literally blind from birth, I could take them outside and stand them directly underneath the noonday sun. That sun is one of the most uh, powerful, uh, brightest uh, entities uh, that we know of. And we have all that light, the noonday sun. I take a blind person and put them directly underneath that light. That, that blind person still can't see even though he's under the light of the day. You say, what's the point? The point is that men need more than light in order to be saved. Yes, you need light, and Jesus is the light, but you also need sight. Stay with me. I want to read these two verses from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Verse 4, the God of this age, and notice it's a lowercase g, the God of this age, that's the devil, Satan, uh, the devil has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Listen, Satan cannot put out the light. He knows that. He'd like to. He tried to put out the light. He would if he could. He actually had Jesus on the cross and he had Jesus in the grave and he thought the light was through. But we know what happened on the third day. Jesus resurrected, so the light is still here. So he would like to put out the light, but Satan can't put out the light, so he's got to go to plan B. And plan B is even though the light shines, he has to blind the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the world. So when I look at this world and see how lost it is and how confused it is, 
I know this world needs two things. Number one, it needs to know the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. But secondly, it needs not just light, the world needs its sight. And therefore, we pray. We pray for the lost. We pray for our relatives that the blinders that have blinded them to the truth of the gospel might be lifted so that they would have their sight where they can put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Oh, I want to teach you something. If you want to be entertained, you've got to go to some other church. If you want to be taught something, stick around. Look at verse 6. Having said this, He spit. Jesus. And he spits in the dirt. And his saliva. This this was pre-COVID. He spits. And he takes the saliva and the, and the dirt and he mixes it with his fingers and it becomes a paste, a, a mud-like substance. It's like a mud cake. And he begins, to, he begins to pack this mud on the blind man's eyes. He's actually making things worse. <laughs> Most of you could see. If I spit in the ground and made some mud and I came over to you and I started packing that into your eyes, you'd be going, what are you doing? I can't see. Jesus is actually making things worse. He can't see to begin with. Now he's got mud covering his eyes. And then Jesus says, go. Wash yourself off in the pool of Siloam. The question is, why did Jesus spit in that dirt and make that mud and put that mud on it? Why did he do that? Write this down. That clay speaks of humanity. Where did we come from? We came from the dirt, the dust of the earth. And where are we going after we die? This earthly body. We're going right back to the ground. This clay speaks of weakness, it speaks of humanity, it speaks of failure, it speaks of inability. To put clay on his eyes represents that which seals out the light, that which blinds. That's what's wrong with him. It's his humanity, his nature. That's what's caused him to be blind. And the Lord says, after he packs all that mud on, he goes, I want you to go uh, wash yourself In the pool of Siloam, it is called scent. Scent. Hmm. Scent. Scent. Everybody say scent. Where have I heard that word before? Oh, it was back up there in verse 4. What did this verse 4 say? Jesus said, we must do the work of Him who sent me. Jesus was sent to this earth to do the work of God. And when he puts this mud on this blind man's eyes, 
and he tells him to go dip in the pool of Siloam. And if that dirt represents humanity, I believe, write this down, that that pool represents Jesus. Because Jesus was the one who was sent from heaven. Jesus is saying, I am heaven's answer for man's darkness. And your humanity is blocking you from seeing the light. We are all by nature spiritually blind. And we all need the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who can give us true sight. So I say to you, come to Jesus and let him remove the blinders that blind you. You look over at that baptistry, and I know you think that's just a little pool of water over there, but I think that water is the pool of Siloam to some degree. Because people come in their sin. They come uh, in their humanity, and they want to start over again, and they want to get rid of that old nature. They want to get rid of the sins of their past. And as you come to Jesus who died and was buried and resurrected. And as you get in that baptistry, we are washing away those old sins, that old person. As you come up out of that water, just like that blind man was healed uh, physically, that's when you're healed spiritually by the work that Christ did on the cross when he died for the sins of the world. Number three, write this down. Spiritual blindness is worse than physical blindness. Oh, our hearts are always stirred with compassion when we see the suffering of humanity. Children who go to bed hungry. The divisions that are in this country. Evil that exists. The abuse and the violence that takes place. The problems of homelessness that is skyrocketing our hearts are torn by what we see going on in the lives of people the depression the emptiness the feeling of hopelessness and i think it speaks of a good heart in those of you that choose to make a difference in this world for the good to impact someone else's life in a positive way God bless each and every one of you who engage uh, with other people who are suffering and you actually participate in helping to alleviate some of that suffering. It's what drives many uh, good causes in our world. But in the course of helping people, don't ever forget as you help people physically that man's greatest need is not to overcome physical problems but to overcome spiritual blindness i have to tell you there's a documentary on the national geographic channel and there's this world he's world famous surgeon from nepal his name is dr sanduk ruit and i heard about this story and i started to look into it and you can find all these videos on dr ruit He's almost 70 years of age, but he himself has performed 130,000 surgeries in Africa and Asia. The surgery that he performs is a cataract surgery where people who are blind, 
he performs these surgeries, 130,000 of them. And so he'll take, he goes into these villages. These people are dirt poor. And you can see these online. And there'll be a room of 100, 200 people that he performed all the surgeries. And they're sitting there. They can't see, but he's performed the surgery. And they all have uh, bandages over their eyes. And they're just sitting there. And then the time comes for him to remove the bandages. And you see him. These people who cannot see. He begins to remove one bandage and he removes the next. And it's like a Pentecostal, Holy Ghost healing service. People are shouting, they're singing, they're dancing, they're crying because they couldn't see. And after the surgery, now they can see. You need to watch some of these documentaries. It's amazing. 130,000 surgeries this one man has performed. And on one of the documentaries, they're in North Korea. And there's a hundred people sitting there, just quiet like you, all bandaged. And he starts to remove these things. I mean, it sends chills up your spine seeing these people being able to see. But in this one documentary in North Korea, when the bandages come off, they then go over to a picture of Kim Jong-un. And they bow down and they say, I will praise you for restoring my sight. I will serve you forever. And one man is heard saying, Dear leader, I now will be able to kill many Americans for you. Now, some of that is propaganda. I know that. Don't write me a letter. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. 
That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.